And we're back. And I can actually say we are back for the first time ever. Um, today's guest is no stranger to the podcast. I believe she was on episode 19 by memory. Um, but yeah, uh, as I always say before we start every uh, episode, please remember to, um, you know, subscribe, like, share, comment, all, all that kind of good stuff. Um but yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know if I really need to reintroduce uh, today's guest because, as I said, you, you've popped up in, in the past before. Um, obviously, the last time we spoke was as you were uh, getting ready for a, a world title fight, probably, if not uh, the toughest, but one of the toughest fights in, in your career, I would say. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, since then, uh, I mean, that was sometime last year. So obviously a, a bit of time's passed right now. Uh, last time I had you in the studio, this time uh, you're calling through from uh, New Mexico. Um, but yeah, I just uh, wanted to welcome, uh, welcome you back. And obviously I'm talking about uh, Arlene Angerfist, which I still don't quite understand where the name comes from because as I say every time I talk to you you've never been angry at all um uh <laughs> Blanco but it's been it's an absolute pleasure to have you back um how have you been um and and also yeah what what what's been happening since the last time we chat um yeah thanks for thanks for having me on um yeah like you said I'm here in New Mexico America I'm training at Jackson Wink at the moment um in preparation for my next flight so yeah, this will be my first fight back um, in the Bellator cage since my title fight with Chris Cyborg last year. So super keen to um, get back in there. And I actually just got the exciting news um, with the official contract that um, I've signed and sent back off. So an announcement will be made very, very soon. Beautiful, beautiful. Well, let's go back to, to the fight. Obviously, I don't want to dig up, you know... Um uh, old wounds or anything like that but I, I, obviously that that was a massive fight not just for yourself but I guess um, you know for for Australia in general as I said it was a world title fight it was on one of the biggest stages in the world um, obviously it didn't pan out your way um, but yeah how, how was the experience uh, leading into that fight? Um, yeah, I had a, an awesome fight camp. Um, preparation was great. Um, it was a very, very long fight camp. Um, I found out I was fighting Chris the beginning of last year um, and then obviously COVID happened. So yeah, I had a good amount of time to prepare for her. Um, you know, I'd, I'd been preparing for the fight with Chris my whole career. So um, yeah, for it to actually be sort of yeah happening, was it was great. Um, like I said, I had a really good fight camp, trained hard. Um, yeah, popped around different gyms, did the bulk of my um, training down at Freestyle um, MMA in Wollongong. So um, those boys pushed me hard. Um, and yeah, like I said in other um, yeah, interviews leading up to my fight, you can't get much of a better training partner than the UFC um, male featherweight champion of the world. So um, Alex and his team were great um, training partners and coaches for me um, leading up to it. Um, we went into the fight, obviously, yeah, super fit, um, mentally prepared. And um, yeah, like I enjoyed the whole process, obviously. Yeah, like you said, the result didn't go my way, but um, I took a lot from that fight. Um, you know, I, I started my sessions back up this morning with my sports psychologist who is actually here um, based in Albuquerque. And um, we had to recap on some of the things from the fight. And yeah, one of the biggest things that I noticed was that my mental state 
was in a really, really good place compared to other fights. So um, a lot of positives coming from the fight. Um, obviously, like it was, yeah, the biggest fight of my career, biggest paycheck of my career. Um, heaps of positives to take from it. So, yeah, um, I'm not going to dwell on the fact that I lost. No, without a doubt. And I mean, they always talk about, you know, with, with fights like that, you, you, as the common saying is, is you either win or you learn. Um, what are, what are some of the, I guess, some of the lessons that, because I know shortly after you made a post as well, um, I, f I forgot what the words were entirely, but it was something about that 2020 became the year of mentality. You, you really, um, I, I, I guess, um, you know, posted something about obviously mindset and mentality, but like, what are some of the things that I guess you really took out of that fight? Um, one of the biggest things we focused on for that fight was, um, like I'd, I'd fought for the Bellator world title before, um, back in 2017. And that was actually my, the last time I'd lost a fight. So, um, I really wanted to work on how I dealt with that loss. Um, obviously, um, a lot of good came from it because I came straight, I bounced straight back with three consecutive wins and, you know, put me straight back into that title contention again with Chris. But um, just realizing that, you know, with, with a fight um, as big as the world title fight and, you know, with that fight with Chris, there, I think I was knocking off four career goals and, and that was obviously to fight Chris Cyborg. Um, you know, winning the Bellator world title would mean that I was a, a dual world champion in both boxing and MMA. Um, you know, fighting for... Um, the biggest paycheck of my career. Um, gosh, what was the other? There was another goal. I'm probably surely that that I've forgotten it now. But it, you know, it was a big fight. And instead of focusing on the fact that that you know the end goals here with all of you know um, those things for me to achieve, we broke it down into um, you know step by step goals. So you know, session by session, day by day, week by week. And and the main focus was enjoying it. Um, you know, I was the first Australian to fight Chris Cyborg for the Bellator world title. Um, I was doing, yeah, in the middle of a pandemic, I was lucky to get overseas and, and fight. And it was, yeah, it was a, a career and life changing fight and there was many things to take from it. So I just really wanted to make sure that I enjoyed the whole process. Um, you know, I didn't put the pressure on myself and, um, you know, there's things I could definitely have done better and obviously to bring home the win, but um, your mindset with anything is like anything in life and, and stuff that I'm still continuing on, continuing on with now is, um, yeah, how, how you approach any situation mentally, um, will determine on how, like how much you can get out of it, um, and enjoy it too. So, um, yeah, I, 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 I'm still not dwelling on the fact that I lost, obviously, like I said, um, yeah, I, I was wanting to win that fight and I trained super hard to win it, but, um, yeah, there's there's plenty of things moving forward for me. And I guess, look, with any fight, not even just that fight in particular, like you're always going to want to win, right? And 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 we live in this this world with, especially with a sport, where fifty percent of the time you're gonna you're gonna win those, and then fifty percent of the time, you know, it's always a fifty fifty. There's two of you in there, one's gonna lose, one's gonna win. Um, Yep. And look, um, watching that fight, I'm I'm just trying to recall it. I should have probably watched it once again before jumping on. But like, um, you know, I I remember you you talking last time we spoke about you know taking a lot from the uh, Amanda Nunes fight, um, and I felt like you yep. really implemented that well. Like just from an onlooker, where where you were talking about obviously that forward pressure. Um, and I felt like at the very beginning of that fight, you you did you 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 took the center of the cage. You you really came forward. And I felt like you were doing really well, but I, I guess she hit you with with one clean shot, and and it made you kind of back up for a second, 
and it was once you backed yeah. up, obviously it opened up the doors for her. And and but I mean, going once again, going back to what we spoke about before, you were exactly right that you know maybe that is the 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 blueprint of actually beating Chris is is putting her on the back foot because as I say that first part of it you you actually looked really really good yeah I, f- I feel like going into that fight and um you know obviously after speaking with her um and you know messages that she sent and you know her coaches talking to my coaches and that she had a lot of respect for me and and my hands and um we had a game plan going into the fight like um there's you know watching it from an outsider it probably doesn't look like it but we were trying to take her into the deeper rounds um i know that my fitness and um like no not that i'm a late starter but i finished strong so um, i knew i had the fitness to finish like five rounds and finish strong so i just wanted i knew that in that first round especially when she first got me to the ground um in the first round she was like i knew i wasn't in danger we'd I'd done a lot of work in my fight camp a lot of cage rounds um and i know that joe down at freestyle would have been super happy with how i got back up on that cage because um it was all the technique that we practiced but um i wasn't in danger but i could hear her breathing and i knew that she was putting a lot into it and i thought you know if she keeps up this up for one or two like you can just see that she slowly deteriorates but um yeah unfortunately in the second round when i was sort of ready to like you know, I, I had a bit of a feel out for that first round, see what sort of power she was throwing, um, you know, what she was sort of trying to bring to the fight. And in the second round, um, I came back out and I was like, okay. And I remember standing there looking across the cage at, um, after the minute break. And so I don't even know if I actually shook my head, but in my head, I was like, okay, like time to get to work now. And um, unfortunately, um, I got tagged with a left hook. And um, for the first time, and I only said this to my sports psychologist this morning, um, for the first time in over 70 fights, I've um, I showed weakness to my opponent. Um, you know, usually I've got a really, really good poker face. Um, you know, I've, I've been hit a lot of times and, you know, I've lost vision in eyes. I've, you know, been wobbled. I've um, been rocked. I've, it's hurt and this and that. But I've, I've always had a really good poker face. And, um probably for the one opponent that I probably need, needed the best poker face, um, I didn't have it. And I, I showed her in my eyes and my facials that it hurt. And I'll never forget the look in her eyes because it reminds me of what I'm like. It's just, I could just see it was kill. And I just remember, like, I don't even know if I said it, but I probably gave her another look because it was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and that's literally what came to my head was like, shit, like, um, and then she came with a barrage of kicks and punches and she just went, um and yeah the like went to town and then i'm you know circled off probably two meters around to the cage and stopped again and it was one of the things that i was saying this morning was i just should have kept circling um around like the cage is a big cage but just until i got my um bearings and 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 dealt with the fact that my nose was pouring out in blood um and yeah just to recompose myself but unfortunately um you know i did it and then yeah that was the beginning of the end now, obviously, she's been labelled the baddest woman on the planet for the better part of a decade. Um, yep. Now that you've actually spent some time with her in the ring, is there like, is she different from other fighters? Like, is there something you noticed? I guess like, is she actually a harder hitter than most fighters, or you know, or like, is is there something about her, or is it just the fact that we just look at her as one scary woman? Like, is is there anything that surprised you in that fight? 
No, yeah, no, not really. Like, I mean, I think I knew that her punches were going to come hard. Um, you know, I, I feel over the years she's, I mean, she's always been a super aggressive fighter, but I think over the years she's um, become more skilled. So, um, you know, she was, she was being somewhat patient and cautious with my hands. Um, like, but yeah, she felt strong up against the cage, but I mean, I've, I've fought other fighters that have felt strong. She just, um, she really just seeks out her prey. Um, she's just got this dominance in there. But yeah, I think, like I was in a really good mental space go, like in during the fight and stuff. But I think, um, you know, as Leslie just said, who just fought her, like I think the second time around, you sort of know what you're in for. Like, um, I think after even after that first round, I was already like ready just to, yeah, get to work. But um, yeah, I guess it's all in hindsight. Like I, I'm hoping, yeah, my, my goal now is just to get some consecutive wins, good finishes, and 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 get another shot before my um my time's up in the cage. <laughs> and obviously, I mean, um, you know, I, I think you posted a, a while back. Now you you've got another four fight deal, so you've definitely got another four fights. Um, so we'll, we'll be seeing you for a little while. I was actually, uh, I was actually wondering, uh, when, when we were going to get a fight announcement because, uh, yeah, as I said, you, you posted that, yeah, that four fight deal. You're obviously over in the States at the moment. And I was like, come on, yeah. surely we, we've got something coming soon. <laughs> but, the, but, but the last thing I'll, I'll ask you about that fight and, and not so much about that fight, but afterwards you also posted, um, I mean, I always like to see how fighters handle, um, their losses as well as their wins, right? It's it's always easy. It's always easy to to post when you've you've got the win, um, because obviously you're you're on cloud nine. You've you've got all the endorphins and everything, and 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 you feel like the night's gone really really well. Um, but you know, a lot of a lot of fighters shy away from their losses. Um, some try to deny their losses. Um, I I think you handled it really really well. And 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 the one thing that really um, showed was when you posted the video i don't know who i, th I think it was a bellator video oh, or something yeah. and it was the the aftermath right and it was just obviously d was yeah. in the video and and how you guys handled that um was there was there any consideration of putting that out or or was it important for you to put that out obviously for for your fans and supporters to to see that side of yeah. it um yeah well, at the time i didn't even realize that there was a camera on us obviously in that moment um like i'm no um, I have never shied away from crying inside that Bellator cage because I cry when I win and I cry when I lose. Um, I'm an emotional sort of person, but no, I think, um, I think especially in this world, today's world of social media, um, and you know, all the fakeness and falseness and, and this and that, it's, it's super important for, um, people just to be real. Um, and I think there's a, obviously, um, you know, the anger, like the Aussie girl anger fist, the name probably puts a lot of people off um, thinking that I'm, you know, somewhat superhuman, but I'm the most human, normal person that goes through all the emotions. And yeah, that fight meant a lot to me. I, I had my family, myself, you know, my teammates, my coaches, my friends, everyone, we all sacrificed so much for that fight and everyone was backing me. I had not that I had the pressure, like, but yeah, I had so much support um, going into it, so much belief um, from people going into it. And I believed in myself too. Um, so yeah, it was upsetting for it to um, like finish that way, like finishing it without me showing how hard I'd worked. And um, yeah, so like it was a very emotional time, but it was, it was interesting because yeah, I let that cry out and, um, and then I, I was okay. 
um, you know, obviously like uh, my partner was there, he was supported, like he supported me through it, all of it. And um, yeah, I just, like I said just before, um, I decided to look at the things that I took from the fight and, you know, that one fight alone changed mine and my family's whole life um, in um, like what we're, what we're able to do now. So, um, you know, I worked hard, you know, fought for 11 years, um, training hard, made a lot of sacrifices and um, yeah, it's, there's a lot more positives to take from, from that fight. So yeah, I, I wanted people to see um, that and I didn't realize how much um, like support and views and, and everything and feedback I'd get from it. But um, yeah, maybe I'll post more stuff of me crying. <laughs> Well, it's not that it's, it's, it's like you say, it's, it's about that real, um, you know, and, and I talk in a lot of MMA rooms and I always say like, I, I also find that, um, fighters that find comfort in their losses are able to then bounce back a lot quicker, right. Than than fighters who try to deny or, or, um, find excuses to why they lost and, and, and things like that. And that, and I always find it really, it's a, it's a real tricky kind of moment because I get it, like the, the heartache and everything like that. But um, as I say, I always notice that the fighters that kind of try to, to, to put it under the carpet like it never happened, you see their next few fights and, and, and they kind of struggle to find their leg again, where I find that, you know, fighters that, that carry that load and, they, and they're like literally like, yep, it's happened. I'm gonna deal with it head on. They usually bounce back very quickly, and 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 usually to some sort of success. And obviously, we'll see that with you because obviously you haven't had a fight since. But I, I'm saying you're one of those fighters that was actually able to handle it quite well. And and I think you know, just I mean, I always say like fighting in in particular is is a, a perfect example of life. You know, you've got to deal with the ups and the downs. And 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 that's why I I found that video so important. Um, maybe even more for the youth just to see like listen this is like the pinnacle of the sport you've dealt with it and then yeah there was that heartache but since then you've obviously been on this re whole rebuild um kind of momentum and and i yeah. me personally as i say i think it's important to see that but you don't see it very often from fighters and that's why i was just like um i guess asking if it was important for you to a deal with it, but also to let your, I guess, fans, supporters, and everyone kind of see that side of the sport, also, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely, and just to see, like, the soft side of fighting too. I think everyone thinks, you know, we get in the cage and we're super aggressive, and yeah, we want to inflict pain on each other and that. But, um, like, yeah, us fighters, we put a lot of a lot into being a fighter, and it is. It's such a roller coaster of emotions. Like you're aggressive, where um yeah you, all these emotions that just go through so yeah like go through us um and then yeah at the end i guess just the tears that come out <laughs> and look as you said your partner was over there he helped you deal with it and then I, I i guess you spent a little more time over there and you did a little bit of sightseeing a little bit of shopping as well i seen you uh obviously with a big smile on your face, carrying a couple of Gucci, ba <laughs> Gucci bags and everything. So you obviously lived a little bit of a life while you were over there, which is all good. I always have to bring it back. And I know I asked you about this last time you were on as well. How did your kids handle it? Um, yeah, so <laughs> it's 
it was the first fight in um like kayla i remember my very first mma fight she watched me get um really badly armbarred and she was poor thing was cage side and she was only she was only oh, how old was she 13 at the time and um yeah i just her face at the end of it she was a little bit horrified she was like oh can you not do that again um but yeah throughout kian's like remembering of my career like since he's been old enough to know um what i do on watch and stuff i've only ever lost fights by like decision um so he he hasn't ever seen anything like that and like you know throughout fight camps i might get black eyes or and this and that but yeah they were both sitting there and um from what i've like samara and the girls who were with the kids um while i was watching the fight yeah they weren't they weren't in a very good way but um i facetimed them straight after my fight and and let them know i was okay and they were okay with it it's just yeah i guess um especially for kian because you know he's he's my little man i guess if, i think sometimes he just thinks i'm a little like invincible um and yeah and to watch i guess watch your mother go through that um would have been a bit hard for him but i'm okay <laughs> And and talk about Kian since uh, once again since the last time we spoke, um, he's now what squad, squad is he playing for? Like it's it's to do with obviously the 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 Sydney uh, soccer team, but it, yeah. obviously it's the the junior league or, or how, how does that all work? Yeah, so he's um, he plays for Sydney FC, um, but under thirteens youth league. Um, yeah, he's one of the goalkeepers for the team. So um, yeah, he got selected for that team last year and he's playing his first season with them and yeah he's, he's having a, a good season he's playing well and he's learning a lot and it's just that like next level up from you know you've got your park soccer and then you played sap and now he's at youth league and you know if he keeps continuing to get selected then this will be his pathway to eventually play for the a league and you know if he gets overseas into the international teams but yeah he's, he's going good it's keeping him busy that's for sure um but now he's going really good and you'd be happy for him to go overseas and play internationally or would you prefer for him to stay at home? Um, it's entirely what's up to him. Um, like if he wants to go, for sure, I'd more than likely uproot my whole family <laughs> over there with him. But in saying that, like, um, you know, Dion had opportunities to go overseas too and he, he knows how it all works. So, like, yeah, he'd probably go over to, like, a boarding school type thing, depending on what age he was when he went over there. But um, I'm all for both my kids you know, spreading their wings and, and doing whatever it is that they're passionate about. And for, for Kian at soccer and wherever that takes him and wherever he wants to go, I'll never hold him back. I'll be 100% supportive. And the same thing with my daughter. Um, you know, she's, she's moved out of home now and she's living down in Wollongong um, and, and down there for uni. And yeah, I'm supportive. And before she had the opportunity to go to Wollongong, she was actually moving to England and um, doing six months uni over there. And I was behind her 110% for that too, because um yeah life's worth living like life's you meant to live and you do what makes you um what you're passionate about and yeah as their mum, i'll support them because that's pretty much what i do with my life <laughs> i guess it's a little harder though and especially in the in the whole landscape that we live in it today you know like uh, you know before it was like if someone lived overseas you could go visit them whenever you kind of had some holiday up your sleeve and you book yourself a ticket and you're done where at the moment there's all these hurdles that we have to jump through and you know we hear of families that haven't seen other family members now for the past year year and a half so and i guess i mean look if he was going to move overseas it'll probably be after this pandemic is over well you would hope so anyway yeah, um yeah. 
I think, um, like I know other other um, you know players that have been selected for international teams, like ones in Germany and this and that. But yeah, COVID's put a halt on that. So um, I think like he's only thirteen at the moment. So I'd, I'd probably like to keep him just home just a little bit longer. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I guess he's he's a pretty independent kid that knows how to um, look after himself. So I'd have no worries with him, um, you know, being able to go over there and um, you know be able to still look after himself. He he's like I said, a very independent kid that's capable. Nice. So anyway, so you ended up coming back, um, obviously back back to the old uh, stomping grounds. And, and, and I mean, you pretty much got on the horse straight away. I've I seen that you're pretty much back at Ethos real quick. Um, obviously, you, yeah. you spent time. Sorry, what was that? In uh, We were in quarantine. So we pretty much started training straight back there. Um back in the hotel quarantine, Tyson had us working and, you know, Dion was getting in on the pads and doing some pad work too. But yeah, we've been training nonstop. And actually speaking of that, how hard is it? Um, like what, what kind of like accommodation did they give you guys for the quarantine? Because sometimes you, you, you hear and uh, I know when I've spoken to like Jamie Malarkey or whatever, he, he only had a real small room. And I know when Alex Volkanovsky came, they kind of gave him a better situation. Like what, what was the situation for you? Yeah. Um, we were in a pretty good, like, I mean, <laughs> Josh, um, Josh and his team, Kulabau, <laughs> with their first room, I remember seeing, I think it was like three of them in one room with two beds. <laughs> like, I don't know what that was about, but, um, no, we were lucky. Um, so Tyson, um, myself and my partner, we were in like a two, um, two bedroom. So we had like a bedroom each with an ensuite, and then in the middle was a lounge room. So we had like a common area. So, you know, we could do our training sessions there, watch TV, play cards, but then we'd be able to go off into our own, like our own rooms. Yeah. I believe Uno became pretty competitive, right? Was it Uno that you guys were playing? <laughs> yeah. I had, I don't think I've ever done that many push-ups in my life, but yeah, Tyson in these rules, I think they're a bit bogus. <laughs> Hey, the, the, the coach always makes the rules, right? Oh, I wasn't going to complain. He already um, he uprooted his life and came over and, and gave me a month of his life that, you know, he's not going to get back. So I'll be forever grateful for that. So if it takes a few hands of you know that he's going to win, then I'll give him that. <laughs> nice, nice. So, yeah, then you came back and, uh, as I said, like you, you – I know that you obviously, as I said, you went straight back to the gym. I mean, you took uh, up your um, – your soccer mum duties as well. I, I've seen, like, obviously, because you're very active on social, so you kind of can keep up with a lot of that stuff. But the one thing, yeah. uh, obviously, I reached out to you as well, um, and you made your uh, commentating debut, um, <laughs> which, which, which was kind of fun because, like, as, as I said, like, when, when I saw the opportunity arise, I was kind of like, you know what, I, I kind of think you'd be perfect for it. Um, you know, and I obviously reached out to you and, and, and you got it done. What was that experience like for you? Like, how, how, how do you like the experience of just sitting, I, I guess, cage side and, 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 and giving a little bit of, I, I don't even know, like give a little bit of feedback and, and, and talk about some of the techniques that are like happening live? Yeah. To tell you the truth, um, so that was the first time I've ever done commentating and it, it's given me a whole new respect for what commentators do. Even now when I'm watching UFC fights, I find myself paying attention to the commentators because yeah it's definitely a, a skill and an art um you know th there's a fine line between wanting to talk like like talking up but then not talk, like talking too much because sometimes you watch a few local fight shows and you're just thinking god i wish this commentator had stopped talking so i could just watch the fights 
Um, and then, yeah, just like also trying to be careful with what you say too, because you know that, you know, these videos will then go home with the fighters. So you don't want to say anything that's like, um, yeah, might put off one of the fighters and be a bit annoyed by it. Cause that's a memory too. You know, um, I know that previous, like sometimes I've watched some of my Bellator fights and the commentators will say certain things and I'm thinking, it just, yeah, it gets me really angry. <laughs> but, um, thank God Jimmy was there. He was awesome. Cause obviously like he's, you know, commentated a heap of fights now. So he sort of carried me, but, um, yeah, I definitely like to get into more of it. Um, and yeah, just a little bit more experience. And I'm sure that next time I'll, um, I'll, I'll be a bit better. <laughs> no, I mean, as I said, like uh, from from the reports I've heard back, like a, a lot of people were really pleased to have you on on board, and 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 you know the the, the broadcast went out really really well. Um, I will have to say though, was that your first um, experience as well with the Winter Warrior program? Yes. Yeah. Um, I've I've been um, ringside for a lot of corporate boxing events and and the similar sorts of things. You know, fighters. Um, sorry not fighters sorry individuals training over a period of time and then having their first boxing fight but that's the first time i've actually been to yeah i went to warrior so um like i was absolutely amazed at some of um like the skills that some of the people had because it's one thing to go into a boxing fight and um you know you're boxing you're only throwing punches but mma is just to comp like levels you've got kicks you've got takedowns you yeah it's an insane so um but it was really cool just to to see um, people making, you know, ticking off those bucket lists and, and making memories. Because, you know, a lot of people, a lot of my coaches and you know, teammates will say too, everyone needs to have a fight just to see what they'll, um, what they're capable of doing it and, and just to show them the, their real self. Like there's nothing more real than those moments when you're about to go into battle um, and everyone should feel that um, at some point in their life. So it's cool, yeah. And you never forget your first fight and those people... I don't know how many of them might continue on and have another fight, but yeah, that's it's a really cool accomplishment. Well, it, it, it's kind of crazy because I mean that's what it kind of really is like to a lot of people is that bucket list. But some of them have gone on like uh, I know uh, DJ went on to actually fight for I forgot what promotion it was, but for a title. Um, and you know, there, there's been a few. I know Emma who uh, now trains out with Brian Ebersol and stuff. Like she, she's obviously fighting yeah. on all the XFC cards. So some of them have actually used the platform to springboard into an actual kind of fighting journey. Um, where others it is more or less a bucket list. But I do agree with you that everyone should at least have a fight, or not even. I mean, look, if the fight isn't for you, I think everyone should have a fight camp in their life at least. Right, like if, if, if uh, I get what you're saying, because I know uh, some people they just can't take that that final plunge for whatever reason, um, and sometimes it's not yeah. even like themselves. It could be like a medical reason that they they can't get cleared and they can't fight. But I think the journey to get to that fight is just as valid um, because, as you would know, you know, as you go through fight camp, there is so many ups and downs and round and bouts, and 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 it's a it's a major yeah. emotional. Um, physical, mental, everything loaded into yeah. one where, as I always tell people, you know, one day you, you, you come out of training and, and, and you think you could face the world. You kind of go like, you know, right now you put anyone in front of me, even the world champ, and, and, and I'll take them. And then the very next day you'll come out of there and you just... <laughs> 
not getting it right. And, and, and once again, you feel like crying, right? Like, cause you're like, what is it that I'm not doing right? And then you bounce back two, yeah. three days later, only to yeah. realize that, you know, you were having a moment. And I think that's important because yeah. as I was saying to you at the very beginning, it, it, it is a lesson in life that, you know, whether you're in business or whatever, you're always going to have those ups and downs. And it's about learning how yeah. to deal with with that and that's why i once again that's what draws me to to mixed martial arts anyway is how i can like relate that back to everyday life um and and yeah. and that's what i find the beauty of the sport really is but yeah i i, I find that um yeah I, I i think everyone everyone really should have as i say at least a fight camp and if they can make it over and and, and take that first fight and look i mean you saw it you know, they, they do look after the guys where, you know, I mean, look, once again, as you said before, you might end up with, you know, bleeding nose or, or a bit of a black eye or whatever. But generally speaking, the way they run those events, it's like the, the risk of you getting seriously hurt is probably pretty minimal. 100%. You can walk into a door and hit your head harder than like, you know, the damage that you're going to cop. Um in like one of those fights, you might have a couple of, you know, a bit of a short, sore shin or, um, you know, bump in the head. But yeah, for the most part, what you gain from something like Wimp to Warrior is far exceeds um, those few little bumps and bruises that you'll get. Beautiful, beautiful. So anyway, let's let's talk more about current stuff now. So obviously, um, you know, you decided to pack your bags. Um, and, and I remember <laughs> at the time when you said, I'm, I'm going, I was like, hoping to get you into the studio um, just before you left, but it was kind of like, I'm leaving on Sunday. And I was like, well, we've missed that boat. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, what, what was your reasoning about, because I know at the time you said, I'm going over there until I get a fight, basically. That that was the mentality. Yeah. So at the time, you you there was no kind of rumors of a fight or anything yet. It was just you, you kind of went, no, this is what I'm doing. And you kind of packed your bag, you booked your ticket and... And here you are, you're, you're halfway across the world now. But what what was the kind of mentality and reasoning behind that? Um, I've, I've been trying to get matched since the beginning of the year, like on the April cards, and um, it didn't work out for different reasons. But the reason I did come over here was um, COVID had made it really hard for my coaches back at home to be able to come over with me. Um, like Tyson wasn't able to come over with me um this fight camp he's um you know making his way back to the cage which will hopefully be later on in the year i think and you know he's also got a little one that's on the way um that's due in august so yeah it's a big commitment you know like i said he, he took gave up a month of his time last year so you know he's not in a position to be able to do that this time um alex and joe just finished their filming for the tough series um so yeah there's just you know, my coaches back at home weren't able to come over with me and um you know, I was over here at Jackson Wink early last year, um, planning to do my Chris Cyborg fight camp here, but wasn't able to because of COVID. And um, we just thought, you know, Coach Wink has been over with for my last three, he's cornered my last three fights with me. Um, he's flown from here over to where I, wherever it is that I fought at the time. So um, yeah, I just, I wanted to get some solid work in with him. Um, you know, when I first flew over here, I think I was, looking at possibly fighting June 11th. Um, we didn't have an official contract, but I thought, well, I may as well just get over there and um, start training. And I think it was going to give me a month here, which would have been a really short camp because it would have only been three weeks worth of training. Um, and it's taken me two weeks to get used to the um, 
altitude alone. So, but then when I got here, the date was moved um, to June 25th and that gave me a little bit longer. So I was happy with that, but we've actually got a new date now, which I just realized I'm not supposed to say anything, but it's um, going to give me a full camp here. <laughs> um, and yeah, so it worked out in the end. Um, I'll get a full camp here. I'll get, you know, the best training, best training partners. Um, I'll be able to work properly, like face to face with my sports psychologist and literally live and breathe a proper fight camp. You know, in the 12 years that I've been fighting, I've juggled work, um, coaching, my kids, running a household. Um, yeah, just everything. And literally over here at the moment, I'm training, eating, sleeping and you know on the weekends doing some sightseeing but yeah i'm i'm literally a complete professional profile like professional fighter I don't, I don't know what to do with myself but i definitely am enjoying it and and speaker weekends the weekend that's just passed obviously this is why i got the uh the flag up um memorial weekend did did you did you get anything yeah. up uh did you do anything for memorial weekend um, no, no. Um, like there was, yeah, the public holiday here. Um, yeah, I still trained yesterday, but yeah, I mean, back at home yeah, for Anzac Day, we get up and do the dawn service and everything like that. But no, it was very quiet here in New Mexico. Um, not, um, you know, obviously everyone pays like, um, their respects to, you know, the military and, and you know, past and present and everything like that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I, I think just kind of where I am in New Mexico, like it was it's somewhat quiet, but you know, there wasn't parades or, or anything like that. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Now, when you said that, uh, coach Wink, uh, uh, coach you for your last three fights, obviously so did Tyson, right? So like you, you would have your camps here. How, how does that work? Do you, yeah. do you know, like, uh, are they always in constant contact with each other or, or how, how does that kind of dynamics work? Um, well, Coach Wings, yeah, so like I said, he's been in the corner with my last three fights, um, but I've gone over. Um, so I had, you know, James Tahuna in my corner for two of the fights and then um, Tyson for the last one with Chris and each one um, coach has been there. But, um, yeah, he's just super respectful. Even like I was doing pad work with him yesterday and he said, um, have you sent Tyson that video of your opponent? Um, I'd like to get his feedback on what he thinks, um, like what he sees. And it just, it always just spins me out the amount of respect that he's got for, you know, other coaches and, and other people in general. Because I'm just like, this guy's like one of the best coaches in the world. Like, but yet he still wants to bounce off other people just to get, you know, a second, a second opinion or, you know, and, and I guess it just pays respect to um, them as being my coaches as well. So, you know, he's not just taking over. Um, but yeah, no, we will be there at fight week. Um, he doesn't usually fly in until closer to the fight itself. So he's not there the whole week, but, um, yeah, I'll just do my preparations with my coach and he's in the change room and, you know, he'll give, um, a few little pointers here and there, warm me up on the pads or something, but, um, and then, yeah, just obviously bounce, bounce off my coaches that are there so that they work together as a team rather than, you know, against each other. Well, and, and, and I guess, you know, even as you said, he's he's one of the most respected coaches as well. But I, I guess the, the benefit that your coaches have is that they probably know you better, right? So, like, yeah. he, he might have all the knowledge in the world when it comes to martial arts, but they have all the knowledge in the world when it comes to Arlene, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, um, yeah, my, my coaches definitely know me. <laughs> 
Um, and that's, yeah, that's another reason why I'm here now so that he can, um, like he can get to know me properly too. Like he's been more than accommodating, you know, all the times that I've been here. This time last year I was here and it was when the pandemic had just kicked off. So I was here and um, yeah, he, even like this time now, I've literally, I've just moved into uh, one of the apartments here at the dorms from where I was staying because um, he, he didn't like where I was up there because he didn't feel like it was the safest part of Albuquerque for me, even though I felt safe. But yeah, he likes to, yeah, he's always looking after me. I mean, make, making sure that, um, you know, I'm comfortable and I'm, I feel like I'm at home here. Um, yeah. And I'm just glad that I'm here, like able to do a proper camp and, and really learn everything rather than just, you know, picking up a few things quickly before on the fly. And let me ask you this, when the fight comes, um, I, are your coaches, or is it just going to be him now, or is D and 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 uh, Eva Tahuna or, or Tyson going to fly over, or is it just going to be a, a, a coach wink now? Uh, as in moving forward after this fight camp, or just for this next fight? No, so I'm saying obviously you're doing the fight camp right now um, uh, at yep. Jackson's wink, but like when the fight comes. Um, you yeah. know who who's going to be in your corner for that fight? Like I'm saying, like will yeah. will obviously you're spending the month, two months over there right now. But like when 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 the fight comes, will will D and and Tahuna or Tyson uh, wander over like the week of the fight or something? Or is this strictly going to be a, a a Jackson Wink kind of camp and corner? Yeah. So originally it was just going to be a Jackson um, corner. Um, because Dion had his soccer commitments and, um, and like I said before, Tyson and, and Jamie and everyone had their own like stuff at home. Like it's a, um, you know, the, the big thing is the two weeks quarantine when we get home that's so yeah, a, a one week fight trip turns into at least three weeks. Um, and then one of the biggest things was last time after the fight, because flights aren't returning as often, like every day, um, to Australia, we had to spend, I think, four days after it. So, yeah, it, it turned into being a month, um, which is a big thing for someone to, you know, who's working back at home or has got family or running a gym or this and that. So, um, but, yeah, this time um, with my new date that's been given, Dion will be able to fly over. So I've actually just, um, we're just organising his travel exemption now. And, um, yeah, but it'll just be the coaches here at Jackson and Jackson's. And then, um, yeah, Dion in my corner. Nice, nice. And just looking back at the, 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 the last time you went over and this time that you went over dealing with exemptions and stuff like that, has much changed? Is it the same, same? Has it become easier? Um, like, what are, what are the differences? And even to the point, I guess, on, on how they're handling now of the pandemic, because I, I see like a lot of things like, I guess, America is starting to really reopen now. You know, I've got friends in Vegas and stuff and it looks like the nightclubs are starting to open again and, and, and things like that. Not that I'm saying you're out clubbing or anything, so you wouldn't be able to tell us that. <laughs> but like from, from your opinion, can you see any sort of changes between last time you went over and this time? Um, the biggest thing was like leaving Australia. I actually had to get a COVID test this time um, before boarding the plane. Um, I didn't have to do that last time. But um, for the most part, no, it's, it's, it's kind of been the same. Like, obviously, um, you know, we were here for the cyborg fight and um, we were in New York City, but restaurants, I think, were at like a 25, maybe 50% capacity. But, yeah, for the most part, like, people are still out and about. So it would be really interesting to see it now, six months on, if it's even busier again. Um, but here in Albuquerque, it's, it's much the same. Like, I mean, it's apart from you just have to put a mask on before you go into shops, but... 
everyone's just going about their day as per normal. Um, and yeah, it's, it's one of the things that I do sit back and think like how lucky I am. Um, you know, I'm allowed to travel over here again. So this will be the third time I've been to America during the pandemic. Um, I'm over here for a couple of months now. I'm training and, and doing all that, but I'm also yeah, making the most of my weekends and doing a little bit of sightseeing and, and, and enjoying the warm weather here and, and missing the winter time back in Australia. That's why you're in a singlet and I'm in a hoodie, right? <laughs> like it, 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 it is, I mean, look, we, we've still had some beautiful days. It's been getting, you know, during the day uh, up to like 18, 19 degrees. But um, yeah, like in, in the mornings right now in Sydney, it's, it's, you know, 11, 12, 13 degrees. So you wake up kind of frosty and then, you know, it, it gets a little warm during the day. But uh, specifically on your camp now, and only because obviously, once again, I've, I've been keeping up to date with your socials is like, you know, the last camp you said you couldn't have had better sparring partners because you had the UFC champ. Um, but right now you're, you're, you're obviously got, got some pretty good sparring partners as well, right? Like, um, yeah, who, who, who are you mingling with right now? And, and, um, yeah, how, how, how's that side of camp going? Yeah, well, I'm keeping some pretty cool company over here, that's for sure. Um, yeah, so, like, the reason I came to Jackson the first time back in 2016 was because of Holly. Um, you know, she'd only just beat Rhonda at that stage. So, um, yeah, I'm back over here training, like, with the coaches. But, yeah, training with Holly. Um, Clarissa Shields is here training for her PFL debut, not next weekend, the weekend after. So, she's in her final... Our week here so yeah she's peaking <laughs> so um she's turned me into a wrestler <laughs> let me ask sure. you on that though like um, i mean obviously with clarissa we know she's got hands um but you know the the, the 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 debate is always about like you know can can mma guys transfer across to boxing or boxing people transfer to mma how how is her development looking right now like obviously now that you've been able to share some rounds with her like the hands aren't the question, but like, um, yeah, how, how do you see her as a mixed martial artist? Well, she's come to the perfect gym. I mean, Holly was a boxer that transitioned over. You know, I was a boxer that transitioned over. Um, one of the mistakes I probably made earlier in my career was that I didn't, um, you know, I wanted to stay that boxer in the MMA cage. I didn't become a true martial artist. Um, but I feel like she's really taken it on board um you know she's she's a, a fast learner too and and she's a respected like respectable person too um if anyone gives her advice she's there to listen and um you know takes it on board and is appreciative too um even in the few weeks so like this is the third week that i've been training here with her now and every week she's just improving and you can see that from a session she'll go especially the sparring session she must go back and really dissect it because then she comes into the next one and she's like, all right, this. So, um, and it's, it's interesting listening to some of the things she says, because I remember going through that myself in my career. So, um, and it's probably why, yeah, she, she does respect what we say because we've been there and we've done that. Um, but yeah, she, she's a true athlete and it's, it, it, you can see why she is the great of boxing because like, she's just got that champion mentality. Like it's been really cool to just be around her and, um, and just, and just sort of, seeing what she's like um 
it's the first time that I've met her. But yeah, she's just a normal, like a normal chick like us. Like she's like she's cool, um, and yeah, just sharing some of her stories and stuff. But yeah, get her in that cage, and she's a hundred percent switched on. And I'm super, I'm super excited for her. Like she's a massive fight for a debut. Like she's having a main event fight on PFL, like for a debut MMA fight. Like it's massive. And 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 once again, it, it, it's pretty good to have her as company when she brings in her. Uh, what was it? Her uh, was it her masseuse or <laughs> or physiotherapist yeah. that you took advantage of yeah. as well, right? Yeah, yeah, her masseuse from Miami. She flew her in, so I was like, yes, please. <laughs> um, and she was lovely. Um, yeah, lovely lady. Nice, nice. And so, what's what's going on with Holly now as well? Has she is she got a fight lined up, or or where where's she at the moment? Well, she's just come back, um, like she had surgery surgery recently, so she's just getting back into, it's funny, I listen to her, like she's like just getting back into things and she's just getting back into shape. I step inside the cage with her and I'm thinking, God, I wish I was Hang like on, that when I, I'm I out I want to stop shape. you there. Getting into, getting, you say getting into shape, yep, the last photo you yeah. posted of your group, <laughs> she's still there rocking the six pack. What are you talking about getting into shape? I know. <laughs> um, yeah, she, she cracks me up, and I'm just like, "Damn, you want to see my? You should see my out of shape." <laughs> but um, it's really cool. Like, I like I love spending time with Holly. Um, last year was really cool when I was over here because I, I got to spend a bit more one on one time with her, and um, and and we've just picked up, like picked off where we left um, when I was over here. Now we kept in contact all last year and that as well. So, but um, you know, it's cool. Like she's. We were talking in the car the other day, like um, I'm 38 now and she turns 40 this year and like, it's cool what we're still doing at our age. Um, you know, not only are we just females in like a male dominant sport, but like for, for in general, like we're females that are older and still excelling um, at the level that we are, um, you know, keeping up with these young kids <laughs> and um, yeah, we're still at the top of our, our sports and and still have a lot to offer um so I, I like that i can bounce off her with that because you know sometimes especially when i'm a bit sore and my body's telling me that it's getting old um like i like that i could just bounce off her and we're like yeah we are old but you know you hear these young kids and they're like oh i'm sore and this and that. i'm thinking you're 20 years old you wait <laughs> But do you seriously still believe that it's a male-dominated sport? Because, I mean, <clears throat> I think that the women bring just as much hype now as, as, as the guys do. I mean, there's obviously more guy athletes because there's more divisions. But do you, do, do, you, do you still see it as a male-dominated sport? Because as I say, like when, when, when you look at like even like the main events these days, like you, you have a lot of them with, yeah. with the women like uh, headlining the cards and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, or, or, or do you think it that the planes have, have kind of evened out? Oh, I wouldn't say evened out, but it, it's good now. Like even in the, like I've been boxing now for tw like fighting in general for 12 years, doing MMA for seven, like, you know, over the course of the years, I've noticed that like, you know, I'm not the only female on the mats. Um, yeah. In any class that you go to now, there's, you know, at least a couple of females, you know, whether it's, a newbie that's coming off the street that's wanting to have a go or like you know even my girl gang back at home um you know there's a there's a crew of us so you know when i first started fighting there wasn't i was literally the only girl and my training partners were you know guys um so it, it's cool like and even coming over here now like the photo that i posted this morning we were still missing a couple of the females that already gone off for showers because we'd sitting there gas bagging after it but and it's cool because there's also girls my weight so it's not only 
um, you know, there's uh, girls, but like there's girls in my division, like we've got, um, yeah, this morning there was Holly and Clarissa and there's um, Kayla and Ali, like we're all, we're all our weight division, um, in my weight division. So it's cool. And they're high level fighters. Um, so yeah, perfect. It's like, it's good for, from the female point of view, because you can do so much training with a guy, but in the end they always have guy strength. So, you know, um, I thought going into my cyborg fight, like how cool I'm, you know, training with Ali, so Colby, the boys, um, all down in Wollongong, but, um, they were always like handing it to me, but so I could never really gauge like actually how good I'm going, um, from that female strength. Um, so it's good now to be here with other girls and, and yeah, seeing where I'm at. Nice. And I have to ask you, I, I, cause I, I don't know what the dynamics is over there. Have you seen John Jones over there? Yeah. Yeah. How big is he now? Like, I, and that's why I want to know, like, has he really been stacking on it? Like, cause obviously we see little posts from him as well, but like seeing him in, in the flesh, can, can you see the, the, the weight difference now? Is he, is he big? Yeah, he's solid. Um, like, yeah. So even from like, it was funny cause I think, um, so I saw him in 2016, but he wasn't training at that time. So he came in and must, I'm not sure, but he had like a button up shirt or something, but he was just tall and like thin. And then when I saw him the other day, he was solid. He, <laughs> and it was cool. Even just talking to him, um, just about a few things with fighting and stuff. But yeah, I was like, damn, we're not going to see you in the cage this year. And he's like, mm. <laughs> so hopefully this manager of his can work some stuff out. Cause yeah, we all want to watch him fight. Well, everyone wants to see that fight. It's 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 a complicated situation, really, right? It's yeah. I I, I really don't know if they'll they'll end up making a deal because I know you know from from the other end, I know they can be pretty stubborn too when when it comes to that. They'll they'll always say you know it's the same when they talk about like what if this superstar retires and it's like well the next one will arise and that's kind of the power that they have in their hand where like John Jones is such a big name, but in their books they're like well if he leaves the next John Jones is around the corner at some point. Right. And it's a sad well, kind of reality. It. Yeah. Um, that's exactly right. Um, and it goes with a lot of things in life too. Like, uh, that's why you've got to make the most of the opportunities that you get because yeah, you are just another number. And when you're like finished and gone and off, um, every, yeah, like the next person's going to come through. So that's why I make the most of what I can do now in my situation because yeah, the next and, and the next generations coming through too are going to be so much better. <laughs> now, last with the with the Holly thing as well is like whose idea? Like, because uh, you know, one one day you're posting that you're driving on the wrong side of the road and you couldn't decide whether it was the left, the right, the steering wheel was it the left or the right. Um, <laughs> and then the next the, the the next moment you're riding scooters around like during the night. Who who who's brainwave idea was that <laughs> well we we just literally finished doing a drive around of um all the breaking bad um movie like so i'd, I'd only seen jesse's house the last time i was here because it's down in old town um jesse pinkman's house have you seen breaking bad i've maybe seen one episode it's it's the one series oh. that i haven't like and I, I did see the house that you posted like so i i remember that but like yeah. yeah when when it comes to tv it's it's hard for me to get into like series and usually when i get into them it's like when they're eight series in and then i look at it and i'm like i've just got way too much catching up to do so <laughs> when, when it comes to tv series i'm real bad 
Yeah, well, I the only it was interesting because Dion had literally just finished um, rewatching it, so uh, you know I remember sort of like peeking my head in and seeing a couple of episodes here and there. But um, she took me to see like the chicken shop, the car wash, um, like one of the the places that they had like a drug deal in the show. Um, what else? Oh, the car yard. There was yeah a few different things. And it was really cool to see because she was bringing up on a phone like the scene in the um, like the series. And then we were like, oh, yeah, this is like you can kind of like picture like the angle that it was in. But obviously it looks different because it's, um, you know, it's like an actual car yard or an actual chicken shop or whatever. But, um, yeah, so we just finished that and then we got back to her place and um, she's like, oh, I can take you up to the tram line. It's really pretty to see like all the lights of Albuquerque. And then she's like, oh, do you want to ride the scooters? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we jumped on the scooters and um like rode up there it was freezing meanwhile because it actually rained yesterday so yeah we had the big ski jackets on and that and um when i was riding down the hill because i took the video of like the lookout but then i'm like oh it'd be cool to like when i'm riding down to get a video so i'm on the scooter and i've got gloves on i had to take the glove off while still riding and, and put that under my leg and then i had to unzip my jacket grab my phone out and then I was trying to record, but then my right hand is the one that accelerates. So it just, yeah. And then as I'm recording, then down further, Holly had stopped. So then I'm trying to put my phone down and then I'm trying to break and yeah, <laughs> but no one got hurt. <laughs> so let me ask you, do you, do you ride scooters and, and bikes back here? Um, so the last time I rode a scooter was when um, Dion and I took the kids to Bali in 2016 and, um, if he's ever on your show, he'll have a really funny story to tell about apparently a pylon I left behind me in my wake <laughs> that I was unaware of because I took a corner really wide and the cars, um, scooters were turning and then I was just riding off into like the sunset unaware, blissfully unaware that I'd caused like a massive, not pylon, but like traffic that had just stopped or whatever because I <laughs> did what I did. But, um, yeah, I ride motorbikes too. So when Dion, um, Dion got his, he's got a Harley at home and he got his bike license and I went and got it with him, um, my L's, but I actually let it expire. I thought it was um, like a car license where, you know, if you had your L's, you just stay on your L's for however long until you eventually um, get your P's. But with your bike license, you've got 12 months to actually get your P's. And if you don't, then you've got to reset the L's, which is like a two-day course. So... Yeah, I don't have my bike license, but I do know how to ride motorbikes. Nice, nice. Now I've got my bike license. I've got a bike. So now the the reason I ask is because, oh, as I said, you, you you go from this confusion of what side of the road, and then suddenly you're taking videos <laughs> while you're riding, and I'm like, how confident are you riding on two wheels? Like to 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 even pull that off for a second, <laughs> right? Um, but speaking of that, you said if if D ever comes onto the show. I'll just throw it out there right now. If you can make that happen, let, let, let's do it. Like I, I, I'd be happy to have him on at, at, at some point. So you're, you're, you're my contact there. So um, I'll, I'll just throw <laughs> that out there. But listen, look, we'll, we'll start to wind things up a little bit. Um, obviously, you did post today that you've got a fight contract. Um, I'm getting the, I'm getting the kind of sense that you're not allowed to mention too much about it. Is that correct? Oh yeah, I'm not allowed to mention um, anything about it yet. Uh, just like, obviously it's at Mohegan Sun, so I can tell you that. <laughs> it's in Connecticut. Um, but yeah, so it, I'll have a good fight camp here, um, the right length of fight camp, 
and I'm super excited about my opponent. Um, I think it'll be a great um, opponent for me. And without going into detail, like props to this opponent too, because I know that Bellator have had some difficulty trying to lock in opponent. That's why there's been so much back and forward because, you know, certain fighters not wanting to take fights or um, there's been injuries. And then, yeah, it's a, I, a bit of a strange um, series of events, really, um, without going into detail, I guess. But I just remember when I was an up-and-comer from the division and I looked at the numbers one and two and they were at the time Marlous Coonan and Julia Budd and... Uh, they were the girls that I was wanting to fight. So I don't know why me at number two would not be someone that any of these girls would be wanting to fight. Nice, nice. So you obviously know your opponent. Do you know do you know <laughs> do you know her well and do you like the fight from your your perspective? Um, to be fair, um after fighting Chris Cyborg, <laughs> does it really matter who the opponent is? Like if you prepare for a fight with her then you're prepared to fight anyone after that. That's my mentality. So, um, you know, uh, to yeah, I look at what I was like after my last loss and I was a very, very dangerous fighter. And that's the mentality that I feel now. I just want to get back in that cage and, and rip someone apart. So I feel sorry for the person, but I am excited. It's a good opponent. Um, yeah, I'm grateful that she's agreed to a fight with me. Um, so I will give her a lot of, um, what's the word, like props after it. I will thank her because, yeah, she's given me the opportunity to be able to dance under the bright lights very soon. And you can't even give us the date? Um, no, because I literally, just before your message came through, um, like about me I know, I saw here, your I was, post. That's what I'm saying. Like, I literally, you posted, um, you're like, fight announcement soon. I'm like, perfect. Yeah, Let's well, I, um, I reworded what I was writing because I literally only just read the fine details of the contract i was like i guess i better not say anything because i was about to put the date <laughs> so i was like oops but um i don't know i don't think bellator would be too angry because like i'm one of their favorites i'm like one of their um yeah i've been there since the beginning pretty much in the girls division and you're the aussie they love aussies right yeah at the end of the day they Apparently, love aussies uh Apparently, I'm always smiling. Coach Wink was saying to me today, and it was saying you said that too, like, they're like, anger fist. And he, I put the story up because he's like, you should be smiley fist. And he says, he's like, you're always smiling. I'm like, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> i got a lot to smile about. <laughs> I 100% agree with that. But look, um, as we wind up, as always, I try to, since we can't talk about your fight, we'll, we'll talk about a couple of other fights and I just want to get your kind of fighter predictions. Um, obviously before you spoke about that, um, uh, Alex just got done filming the tough series. Um, yeah, he's, he's obviously going to face, yeah, he, he, he's obviously going to, well, not here, here as I think in another four hours or five hours. So we're, we're a little delayed. It's like seven thirty, And the worst thing about it is it's being, Aired at seven thirty, and tonight is the first state of origin as well. So they've really like mucked that up a little bit that they've got it at cool. the same time. So um, I think there'll be a little bit of picture and picture going on. Um, but yeah, so he's obviously Black. fighting. He's 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 fighting Brian Ortega. Um, how do you see that fight? Who do you like in that fight? How do you see it play out? Well, I'm gonna not. <laughs> how can I go against Alex like yeah and, and you know what like if I wasn't a, a 
big enough fan of his before I started training down there with them. Um, like now I'm just, yeah, like I just love his style. And I actually even said it the other day, if I was to mirror anyone's style, if I could, yeah, it would be his. Uh, he just, well, his never-ending battery, like he's just, his gas tank just, yeah, is phenomenal. But um, he just, his transitions, you know, from the fact he's like punching to kicking to shooting to like, yeah, and then he's just go, go, go. Like, you know, if he gets into a bad position, he doesn't accept it. And he's, you know, working straight away. Um, I, I'd like to be able to be like that. So, yeah, obviously, Alex, um, I can't wait just to watch, um, yeah, this, the tough series and see what it's like between them because obviously that will add to whatever happens when they actually fight each other, I think. Like if there were hostilities and or, you know, whatever was said, if they either of them got under each other's skin or whatever. But, um, you know, Alex has had, a, you know, big enough fights to, to not really let any of that worry him, I don't think, anyway. Yeah, and I think they did get a little under the skin because if you watch the launch party, you know, they had a few little words and, and obviously uh, when Alex was on Rogan, he kind of said like he's had enough of Brian. So I, I think something obviously, I don't know, once again, he could be selling the whole show, but, um, you know, I, I think, but it, it's hard when, you, when you're stuck in the house with someone for so long, it you know, you get cabin fever anyway. So even if you generally like someone yep. after a while, and I guess that's even with this pandemic, you know, <laughs> when you hear about how many relationships went bust because they were like literally locked into to, to one household. And look, if you've got a big enough household where you've got different rooms to go into, that's fine. But if you're in like a one bedroom unit, you know, it, it became very difficult for a little while. Um, I but, was like uh, just thinking about quarantine situation with Dion I I joked and I was like well at the end of the two weeks quarantine I could like I'll either be pregnant or we'll be divorced and um yeah there was a few times there, not, not like we don't argue but there was like we just had enough of each other by the second week and Tyson was our little like mediator so it was like all right you boys off you go like take him for a bit or whatever so yeah, you can't be on top, like living on top of each other. That's for sure. <laughs> well, see, that's the problem. It's like, yeah, Tyson, take him for a bit, and he's like, "Where am I to take him? We're stuck in the same room." <laughs> like, <laughs> I guess that's where Uno came in handy. Um, but look, yeah. another, another fight that's coming up, I think, in two weeks now is uh, Izzy's title defense against Marvin. How do you see that fight? Who do you like? Izzy. <laughs> Um, yeah, like until he faces Rob again, like it's just, yeah, I don't see him. Um, I think a two coming off a loss, you know, coming back down to his weight division, you know, I just know what losses do to me. And well, that was his first loss. He's going to come back and he's going to want to put on a display of uh, ass whooping. <laughs> just, yeah, like coming off his first loss, um, it's a big thing, so... Nice, and I, I, I assume, uh, I don't know if he's a, a, a training partner of yours, but I know he's definitely another team ethos partner. Um, uh, Ty Tilvasa is taking on Greg Hardy. Um, I know who you're going to pick, obviously, because of the relationship there, but how do you see that <laughs> fight go out? Um, well, I'm excited for that. I think Ty looked awesome in his last fight. Um, just, just showed a different side of him with a bit more patience and like you know his feints and setting up stuff so it's a cool fight like um it's probably going to be one of his harder fights against greg not mainly i think because maybe greg's fitness but i think ty's just gonna have way too much power for him like 
with those hands. So yeah, I'm excited for it. It's always it's always exciting to see Ty in the cage. So um, yeah, hopefully a pretty cool knockout. Nice. And then I'll get two more from you, which I don't even know what to classify this. We'll classify boxing just for the sake of it, and I, I and I'll just get your <laughs> and I'll get your opinion on it because obviously you do have the boxing background as well. <sighs> the Paul brothers, right? They're making a lot of noise. Um, obviously, now the, the the first one I'll get you on is you've got uh, Floyd Money Mayweather coming out and he's fighting Logan Paul. Um, yeah. What do you what do you what weight do you think? What's that? What's the weight difference? See, that's what I don't know. Like, it, I mean, it's the same as the last Jake. It looks uh, like it's a lot bigger. Well, the same with the Jake and, and Ben Askren fight. Like, Jake was obviously a lot bigger. So, I don't know. I, that, that's the one thing that's never made sense to me um, is how they can even commission those fights. Like, I know they'll throw it out as an exhibition match or something like that. But it's just like, to me, it's like two people in, in different weight classes fighting. So, I yeah. don't actually know yeah, how I, it all works. I mean, looking at them, um, they're obviously putting in the work. They look like they're pretty like fit boys as in well okay muscularly fit i don't know about like fit fit but um yeah i don't really have like if it brings light to the sport like good on them for being able to use their star power to put on these big exhibition fights and, and draw a bit of like attention a bit more attention like um yeah good on them i guess um i don't know yeah, it'd be interesting. Like, when was Floyd's last fight? That was a while Conor ago, McGregor. wasn't it? It was the McGregor yeah. fight. Oh, no, actually, I, I think yeah. the, the, the he had that fight against that Japanese kid in Ryzen, like, afterwards as well. Oh, yeah. yes. And that's what made him... Um, yeah, I, like, you got to be able to hit Floyd first. Like, his, his defense is impeccable. Like, yeah, you can... Um, like have a knockout punch but you got to be able to land it first so it just depends on how serious god floyd's been looking really really old in his um like press work lately like, like yeah maybe i don't know um and as for was it woodley and the other poor brother um yeah that's an interesting one too like hopefully hopefully he can like just land a punch and and stick up for the MMA community. <laughs> do, you, do, you, do, you, do you see that though? Like, or, or do you think like they, these fights are seriously being handpicked at the right moments right now? Oh, obviously there's a little bit behind it. I, I don't know how it all works, but like I said, good on them. Like if I was in that position and can use my, what is it? What are they? YouTube famous it's on Instagram, is it? They're YouTubers. I've, I've heard like, YouTubers. I mean, I've heard bloggers. I've heard... I, I don't know. Yeah. I actually don't know what they do. And I believe we have just lost connection. How about that? Well, we'll give it one quick second. I mean, to be honest with you, that's where we we're going to end it anyway, really. Um... I mean, it would have been nice to uh, be able to say goodbye and all that. I don't know what's happened there. I, I would say either the internet's cut out or um, or the battery of the phone has died out since these conversations always run a little longer. 
But look, I mean, as I said, uh, Arlene's been a past guest um, of, of of the podcast. So, I mean, um, you know, everyone knows, obviously, where, where they can go uh, hit her up on the socials. She is very active on the socials. I, I do recommend, you know, uh, people give her a follow. Um, she definitely knows how to hold herself really, really well. Um, I have a lot of respect for her and I wish we could have got... Um, you know, a little bit of fight news, but I also understand uh, when you're under contract, you you can't uh, obviously just jump on the boat and and let out information if it's in your contract. So anyway, look, at the end of the day, that's it. Um, as I said, I would have liked to have said goodbye. Um, I appreciate the time that Arlene gives, uh, gives this podcast each and every time. Um, and apart from that, I hope everyone has a good week and uh, stay blessed.